Blessings, beloved, and welcome back to the Embodied Mystics podcast. This is your one-stop shop for living a magical life in the mundane world. In today's episode, we have a very special guest, an astrologer of evolutionary practices. We discuss the transformations at hand in 2023 through the lens of Pluto and the North Nodes. Take a moment to just be with your heart. As we dive into this episode, you will find a transformation simply in his words. I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I did. And I hope that you find some revelation deep within yourself. Thank you so much for being here. Hello and welcome. Um, we have our guest here. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, hello. I'm Ari Moshe Wolf. And what do you do? <laughs> so I'm an evolutionary astrologer. I do many things, but my, my main offering in terms of teaching um, is through the vehicle of astrology. My training is in evolutionary astrology, and I, I, I teach and I do sessions really with the perspective that the needle chart is a tool, it's an art, it's a science, it, it's pretty much anything we make it. And we could use it as a path, as a way of unraveling and seeing objectively and with compassion the core dynamics that are at the, the heart of our life. It's a way of understanding why are we here? What are the unique ways in which we're all waking up and remembering? So I think everyone's soul journey at the core is the same, right? Because we're all sort of learning the same universal lessons. We're waking up to the same truth. But the, the, the template for that, the context for this awakening, for this remembering, which is also a big undoing. Um, it's so specific to every single soul and the, they're experiencing. So my whole work with evolutionary astrology is really about understanding from a soul perspective. And when I speak about the soul, it's who we are before, during, and after this human body experience. It's that which is creating this experience, looking through these eyes. And everything's looked at from the perspective of how does everything, everything without exception, point back to the underlying intention and potential and possibility for evolution, for growth. So this work is really all about looking at what is it like to think of this lifetime entirely from the point of view of the soul's evolutionary journey. So it's this work for me, one of the reasons why I love teaching it um, and practicing it is because it's one of the, and this is, I think, true with any authentic spiritual practice. It, the, the deeper you go, the more you stay with it, the deeper the lessons, the deeper the teachings. Um, because I think everyone here, myself included, there are layers and deeper thresholds of self-discovery and awareness and forgiveness and healing to yet unravel. It's like, if you're here, there's more. 
<laughs> so this work is just an opportunity to deepen and it's like a deepening of wisdom, of understanding, of compassion, of insight. So this is the work that I do. And I should say I'm teaching a full year training program. We begin this training program in February. And it's an opportunity to learn this work, to learn astrology, the archetypes of astrology, planets, sign houses. This is part one. And then to go deeper into actually reading charts in part two. Um, and it's not just a course, it's also a spiritual practice, immersing ourselves in. That's why I teach it. I wouldn't teach it if I didn't feel there was some sort of um, deeper spiritual healing and remembering and purification that actually happens through it. Um, and I'll close this piece by just pointing to my, my training is in evolutionary astrology as taught by Jeffrey Wolf Green. Um, the core of what I bring forward is really rooted in this paradigm. Um, and what I've learned from him and from his teachings is really how to use the natal chart as a spiritual path, as a path to really understand why are we here? What are our core soul lessons? How can we progressively orient every facet of our life to the perspective of soul growth and evolution? So it's a profound, beautiful practice that I'm deeply grateful to share. It is such a blessing to hear you say it like that. Um, you have such a way of holding that space. Uh, when did you start with EA, with um, astrology? 2005. I was studying for a couple of years, even bought a lot of books, and I'm a seeker, you know, mm -hmm. just born that way, and always wanted to know what's true. And um, so very, I mean, I'm very Sagittarius, so very philosophically oriented, very, what's the truth? What's the, you know? And so I, I always intuitively understood that there's something to astrology. There was never, a, I never needed it to be proven. I recognized its reality intuitively. So when I began studying it, um, I was pretty discouraged and disillusioned by all the books because it, I, I knew it was true, but I didn't quite feel that anything that I was reading was adequately spacious enough for who I am as a soul. Because I knew I wasn't just this body, this personality and these circum that there's a, a deeper reality underneath the circumstantial reality of my life. And so it just wasn't satisfying for me to get any kind of descriptive or even a psychological perspective on astrology. Um, that alone wasn't enough for me. And so I was, I, I kind of gave up. I remember I was at, at this point where I just sort of came to terms with, yes, this is real, but it's so vast and I will never be able to really understand um, its application. And I, I kind of lost faith in, in the teachers that read it, that, that were writing about it. So that time period, I, I, I've been telling this story for years and I think this is true, but you know, when you tell a story for a while, you're like, Did that... <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I gave, I, I gave away all of my books. And I look back and said, I really give away all of my books. Um, either that or almost all. And it was just at that time that I met a friend who introduced me to Jeff Green's work. And I was reluctant. I really wasn't interested, right? It's just one of those things where you let go and you create a lot of space. I'm not attached. I'm not seeking anything anymore. And then it just comes to you. I feel that this was a part of my soul path to be introduced to this work, to study it. It's been very helpful for me um, to study it and even more so to share it with others. 
Oh yeah, and I should say, you know, when I, so I, all right, what's this other teacher? Immediately in the first paragraph, um, deeply affected emotionally by the writing. I was able to recognize authentic, authentic knowledge. And it was speaking the language that I was longing to hear, but didn't quite know how to articulate or even identify I was looking for. Yeah, I can understand. Um, I feel like evolutionary astrology just really accesses a part of the soul that has been um, glazed over in a lot of uh, books that we find. Um, when I first had my awakening with astrology, it, <laughs> I started receiving uh, transmissions in my sleep from different mm -hmm. planetary bodies. And I thought I was crazy. <laughs> I really thought I was like going insane because Saturn would come in and be like, Saturn and water signs are this. And it would just download like these, you know, these almost like uh, scrolls of knowledge inside of my cells. And then I'd wake up and I'd be like, Saturn in water signs. <laughs> so, um, you know, coming into evolutionary astrology and just seeing like how it's kind of paving its own path was just something to me that oh, lit up my soul because it just seemed like, you know, oh, it, astrology can continue to expand mm -hmm. and it can also like encompass where the collective psyche is at and needs support that's kind of why i like really appreciate the practice of evolutionary astrology because it takes into consideration that we have needs as a collective and as an individual and we're just you know continuing in that spiral so thank you for sharing yeah and you know in this at this point the the teachings of evolutionary astrology, they've, they've integrated and spread so far that so much of what was brought forward in it are sort of known by many people without it necessarily needing to be evolutionary. I mean, just the, the degree to which we now understand the evolutionary significance of the nodes of the moon. Mm -hmm. That alone is pretty much due to the significant work brought forth by evolutionary astrology. The thing that about this work is it's, it's, it's a lens of astrology but the teachings and what it points to is incredibly ancient. Mm -hmm. And that's what I appreciate about it. It's, you know, there's a technique involved. It's you're learning archetypes, you're learning the meaning of certain things and how to understand a chart. And that takes time, but it, it's all relevant and relative to the soul. And the, the teachings and the wisdom brought forth in it is shared by so many traditions for thousands of years. And that's something that I love about it. Um, because I think we can study astrology and apply any cosmological perspective to it. And it's not wrong. It just, we're going to get as much insight out of anything according to where we're at and what we're able to apprehend. So we can go as deeply as we want with astrology or with anything um, according to how deeply we're looking inside. So this is what I would say too. It's like the deeper we come to realize who we are, and the the greater truth of this life, what this is really all about, the deeper that will inform our understanding of Saturn, of Uranus, of Neptune, of all of the planets. Everything is constantly being reformulated and reinterpreted and reconstructed according to our current level of consciousness. And it's always, this is a very Jupiter statement. Our understanding of the truth is just expanding we see more of it and there's greater perspective, greater perspective. And it's so 
beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love that. Are you on the mutable cross? In, in my chart? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, yeah. Am I ever? Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Lots of it. All of them. <laughs> I have a Pisces midheaven, so I, <clears throat> I really identify <laughs> with the seeking and the, you know, the searching. And I also have a Mercury opposing Jupiter, so I could just go on forever. Okay. I have a Mercury <laughs> conjunct Jupiter in Sag with Neptune. Oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> can you tell us, um, you know, kind of to dive into the topic, yes. um, how evolutionary astrology is shaped by both Pluto and the nodes? Can you talk on great. that a little bit? This is great because this year 2023 in particular is all about pluto and the notes like this is like the evolutionary astrology um trademark here in a sense um because pluto is squaring the nodes and maybe we'll get a chance to talk about that as well so let's tune into what this corresponds to pluto corresponds to the desirous nature of the soul and let's just take a moment to understand what that means when we think about the soul like who we are, our essence. It's not the body, not the personality construct, um, not our personality, our likes and dislikes. All of the things that kind of come and go, our um, family, all the human constructs of this life, take all of that away, you have essence. And we look at this lifetime from the point of view of the soul manifesting a human experience in order to play out its desires, in order to work through its evolutionary intentions. And these evolutionary intentions are basically, I'm seeking to know myself through this experience. I'm seeking to awaken to, to who I am. And the nature of the soul, we can really crystallize it and express it in a very simple way. The soul is at its core, on a path of ongoing realization. And that realization occurs through the ongoing process of generating and exhausting desires, generating desires. And that generation of desire is the nature of the soul, meaning the desire of the soul. It's like not like the soul has a desire. That's it, its very essence is desirousness itself. And so when there's a generating of desire, it's a purely concentrated energetic, like a mandala, like a matrix. And it focuses the soul into human experience. The intricacy and the mathematical purity of it is 100%. It all follows the program of the soul's desire nature. And the soul's desire isn't like, I have a desire to you know, make this specific amount of money. It's not defined in those specific ways, but the energetics of it can be a desire for wealth, for worldly goods, for physical pleasure, and we're going to create human experience to play that out now. And these desires aren't wrong or bad. They just are. And you can't ignore it. You can't bypass it. You can't transcend it. They're there. The question that remains is what are we going to do with them? Right? It propels the necessity of experience. And just to give the most clear, neutral example, we have essence generating the desire for caterpillar type experience. So it manifests a caterpillar life. It's going to play that out. 
And to play it out, it also needs to generate a sort of willingness to let go of whatever came before Caterpillar, right? Like I, I want to be a, I want to have a lot of leaves and grow really big. Then you got to play bigger. You're going to have to face your own psychological limitations, read books on, I'm just making this up, you know, eating the, how to manifest the best leaves or whatever caterpillars manifest, you know, it, there's a, there's a, pro now we can get into all kinds of traps, all kinds of addictions, all kinds of obsessions, fear of letting go or fear of making changes, right? Um, we can get so attached to a, a sort of station along our journey where we're not letting, I am so attached to being the biggest caterpillar and we're no longer evolving. It's like the next, the next step along every single evolutionary journey is a letting go because we have to integrate our experiences and realize, okay, everything serves to enhance and bring me closer. We're osmosing experience within. We're coming back to ourselves in a deeper way. And then we have to move on, come to the next experience. And so this journey of generating desire is also met by the exhaustion of desire. And we can embrace that wholeheartedly again, with resistance or cooperation, time, time to let go. I don't want to let go. Time to let go. I don't want to let go. I like it here. I want this. And then life, which includes people, events, circumstances, time, um, will not be conforming to what we're wanting it to be. And there comes a point within our evolutionary journey where we just have to understand what's the evolutionary program. What does it mean to cooperate with evolution, there's a time to say, I'm going to make this happen. And there's a time to say, I can't try enough to make what won't be to be. The caterpillar cannot do that forever, it has to let go. And on the other end of that, if it's in touch with its soul, with its essence, it will realize there is something calling me forward and I have to let go of the old in order to embrace that. So these evolutionary cycles are followed by what we can call involutionary cycles where we're letting go of the old and we don't necessarily know what's next. You can't really see it. You haven't left the old entirely, but you haven't stepped into the new entirely. You're in this amorphous in between place. This is before the caterpillar. This is before the butterfly emerges. We go through these phases over and over and over again, small cycles, big cycles from life to life to life. And this is the ongoing journey of evolution. And each form that we come into presents another experience through which we can play out the new level of desire, the new experiences. And we have to meet it. We have to meet it 100%. How long we spend there, how, how much time we spend dilly-dallying in these various phases will just be a part of really at the core, our relationship to the soul program. It's not a bad thing to enjoy it, but we have to also keep on moving. And this, by the way, is the interface between Pluto and Mars, right? So when we think about Mars, we understand that Mars corresponds to conscious choice. You can think of like Mars as the soldier that's executing decisions, making choices, following the commands, whereas the soul is the general, right? Or the, the, the fundamental leader. So at the core, our conscious choices and with Mars, we can act instinctively and then realize, oh, that didn't get us very far. Or we can refine our instincts and not act on impulse. Oh, I, I, I lust for this. I crave this. We come back to a deeper thoughtfulness. What do I really want? 
Right? So Mars relative to our evolutionary journey and our cooperation with the evolutionary imperative is where we learn how to make choices with respect to the greater attunement and purpose. What serves my evolution? So fundamentally, while there are really only two choices from a Pluto perspective, cooperation or resistance, the expression and the articulation of that via Mars can express in all kinds of ways, but it really points back to our amazing capacity for self-awareness to be self-aware of our own psychological motives. Why am I doing this? Or this is happening. Here's what I'm feeling. How am I going to respond to this? And I think there are junctures along the soul journey where we don't have enough psychological self-awareness to know what to do. Like we just don't, it's, it's very true and it's very common. We're faced with content, we'll feel things, craving, aversion, strong emotional patterns, strong resistance, strong fear, obsessions, repulsions, addictions, or repeating relationship dynamics that we just don't know how to get out of them. So we'll find ourselves responding, Mars, making choices, Mars, in a certain way. And we're like, what's underneath that, Pluto? What's the bottom line underlying? What's the, we can say the phrase, what's the soul signature here? What's the evolutionary intention? Once we begin looking at our lives from that perspective, we sort of free the shackles a little bit. We may not understand much, but we create some spaciousness to learn, to become self-aware. And again, everything follows the program of the soul. It's like this is the, the soul, which is us, which is the underlying orientation that we have within ourselves for our evolutionary path. That concentration is the program. It's the DNA of everything in our life. So as our focus shifts, mm -hmm. everything in our life shifts along with that. So that's an introduction to Pluto. And, and I can go into the nodes in a moment if you'd like me to. I just have to interject and say it's so synchronistic because I live with a Mars square Pluto, mm. uh, 29 degree Mars in Leo, square 29 degrees Pluto in Scorpio. That's, that's you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Great. I feel like you just Thanks. described my whole personality in the... <laughs> Well, when you have this, so anyone in any chart, the Mars Pluto relationship is essential. It doesn't matter what aspect or phase you have, right? But when you have a very strong alignment right. between Mars and Pluto, that's actually a very, that's a very essential lifetime, right? Because it means the soul's wanting to concentrate and focus on consciously evolving its use of its will, which means it's going to be faced with Mars, a very instigative, very visceral experience. And it's going to be drawn to become incredibly self-aware, psychologically aware of itself, its motivations, its strides, and learning how to use that Mars consciously. The, the flip side of that, as we know as well, mm -hmm. because evolution isn't promised. That's the crazy thing that I am, am humbled by. The, the reality of free will is, is profound. Like the soul, not the human. And we'll talk about the human in a moment, because that's where the nodes come in. But the soul, we in our true soul being have agency. And the agency that we have is really to choose, we can say to choose God or not, to choose love or not, to choose the truth, to choose evolution or not. And it's a very amazing thing to meditate on. Uh, that's what I find that that's really the only kind of agency that we have. 
we can do this Pluto work and especially Mars Pluto people and be stuck in a life of victimization, mm-hmm. right? Cause we're, we're, we'll feel like we're being limited. What's the issue with Mars? We don't have the freedom or know our capacity and freedom to act. And so we'll be stuck with a sense of I'm being uh, stuck or limited. I have to force, I have to be aggressive. I'm angry, I'm victimized. And we'll see that a lot of souls will really work and it's in all of us. Right. And we can be feeling all of that. And it's like, you know, and this is true for every soul, if you're here as a human, but in particular, Mars, Pluto, we're transmuting so much energy and the evolutionary intention and potential is so strong. It can feel like you're driving a hundred miles an hour and you're being told to stop and focus. Like don't drive into that. Maybe stopping isn't the right word, but you're, you're being told to harness that, you know, don't, don't just kill and destroy. And this energy can be directed inward or outward. Um, so anyone who's listening who has a strong Mars-Pluto aspect, understand that we have to understand everything according to the individual context of the soul. But it really fundamentally means this lifetime is intended to be transmuting a lot of raw energy into greater self-awareness. And that's a beautiful and powerful opportunity. Thanks for that. <laughs> Thanks for that medicine. I just feel like ever since the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, I have been deep in the medicine of asking myself, why? Why am I going into this? But I mean, that Saturn-Pluto conjunction happened in my seventh house. So it was like, it felt really personal while also being really collective, you know? And I just, ever since that moment, it's like I have been sitting at this altar of Pluto, just like asking deeper, let's go deeper mm. and go deeper. And then I get into these points, right, with Pluto where it's like, okay, maybe I don't want to go that deep. But then Pluto takes me that deep. And so we just go deeper. Sometimes we have no choice. Like the human personality, you know, we we think we are the thing that we think we are, but we're not that. And on a soul level, we, we may have already made a choice to do a certain work. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we may not remember that. Mm-hmm. And we can't avoid it. But, you know, when we're really in touch with it, that question why is so relevant. It, why from the point of view of what's the teaching here? Mm-hmm. Right? What, what's the opportunity here? I want to know. I want to really understand this. Yes. Uh, just lights up my soul. I... <laughs> I have been doing so much work with why and who mm. am I recently, just not even for myself, but um, you know, for my containers, like I've been taking people into this space of who are we, why are we here? What's so like, what, what inside of the soul is ready to be witnessed? Cause I feel, I feel like that's what Pluto is trying to scream to us right now. It's like, there's something in here to be seen, to be held, to be witnessed, to be nourished, to be transmuted, to just be alive, to be allowed to be alive. I can really feel your Mars and Leo quality in that too, right? It's like there, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in this chrysalis, but I, I have this strong sense that there's something really beautiful here and, and it needs to emerge. I just know this. Yeah. <laughs> feel it in my bones i just feel it there 
So I would love to hear just Pluto this year, 29 degrees, squaring the nodes. Well, let me speak a little bit to the nodes because the nodes, to keep it simple, is the human personality. I mean, there, there's, there's no evolutionary journey without creating a vehicle for it. Mm-hmm. So the nodes are what allows the soul to say, okay, I am this, this is my identity. This is who I am. This is, these are the emotional memories that I have. This is how I've been inhabiting this life. I mean, um, the caterpillar will think of itself. I'm a, I'm a cat, I'm a male caterpillar that eats food. This is my, this is my identity. And as the soul evolves, it's going to express through the nodes. The nodes don't have any um, existence on their own in terms of the personality, the human ego construct doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's a satellite to the soul. Mm -hmm. Like the moon is a satellite to the earth. Our identity, our self-concept is an extension. It follows the evolutionary program of the soul. That's the only reason why we have a self-concept so that we can have a certain kind of self-concepts allow us to have particular experiences that match that concept of self. And so, you know, if, if I have a desire and and a soul intention, a soul program to work through, you know, a a greater threshold of empowerment around wealth and abundance, Mm -hmm. my self-concept, my personality structure is going to be a correlate to that. I might come into this lifetime with a self-concept that actually doesn't really believe in itself, that feels a low self-value. So humans feel low self-esteem. Has a, humans have stories of themselves as being unworthy or worthy, right? On the level of soul, that those things have no meaning. Right. So that the human experience will be played out and worked through, through the emotional body. Ah, oh, this is how I feel about myself. This is who I think I am. And we'll become aware of that's not working for me. Right. We're going to really feel like, oh, there, I need to grow and become more self-aware. And then coming back to Mars, we'll, we'll, we'll want to make choices so we can evolve ourselves and think of ourselves differently. We have to really grow. So the nodal axis itself is always a polarity. South node corresponding to who the soul has been, where it's coming from. The north node corresponding to an ongoing evolutionary potential. It's always going to push us beyond the fixations of what's known and thus push us to evolve as souls. That's the essence of it. It's one of those topics that can go very deep, but looking at Pluto and the nodes is a basic bottom line, almost like a skeletal framework for understanding where are we coming from? South node. How have we evolved? What are the ways in which we've been evolving? What kind of human experiences have we been creating for our evolutionary journey, Pluto? And how can we continue to evolve and move beyond where we've been in this lifetime, North Node, relative to Pluto? The North Node will help us move beyond wherever we've been and get us beyond our fixations and limitations relative to Pluto. Mm -hmm. So this year is profound because whenever any planet forms a very strong effect to the nodes, it means that planet is essential for integrating our evolutionary journey at the time. Any planet, right? The nodes in transit in any particular moment of time says collectively and personally, like wherever the nodes are in anyone's chart. Right now, the nodes are, at the time of this recording, 10 degrees Scorpio Taurus. Wherever that is in your chart, 
this is where evolutionary dynamics that have shaped our soul journey from the past are coming to a head right now, South Node. These might be gifts and fruitive pieces that are coming forward to be integrated. These might be unresolved dynamics that need to be healed and completed. Um, it could be both. And then the North Node, right now, what are ways of growing and learning and choosing and looking at ourselves right now that will serve to foster and nurture our ongoing evolutionary potential? Where's 10 degrees Taurus in all of our charts? That's where there's an edge of evolutionary growth. So the nodal axis, moment to moment, speaks to where we're in this present moment flux between the conditioning of the past and what's coming forward from the past that's shaped where we are coming from and how we can embrace this present moment in terms of our ongoing evolutionary potential. So any planet that is in relationship to the nodes means that planetary function is essential for integrating this evolutionary journey from the past to our ongoing evolutionary direction in the future. In this present moment, when we have a planet squaring the nodes, let's just speak to that first for a moment, and then I'll speak to Pluto and what's happening in 2023. Mm -hmm. I recognize all of this is very... I'm sharing a lot of astrology. Um, this is important. So for anyone that, that has the, the orientation to hear these things, hopefully this is helpful. Otherwise, I'm just setting us up to really understand we can't just look at a transit out of context and say this is what it means. It's always helpful to build a foundation um, for everything that we're speaking about so we can really glean it. Um, if you want to learn more about what it means for a planet to square the nodes, which I'm going to briefly introduce now. I actually have a two hour class on it. Um, very good, very useful, practical class with Q and A and lots of examples on my website. I highly recommend this class. When a planet squares a node, it speaks to a crisis point. That planet is going to bring forth a tension between the conditioning of the past and the pull, the push of the ongoing evolutionary potential. It's going to bring up a lot of core dynamics relative to that particular planetary function that needs to be integrated and tends to be that we will flip flop between the nodes and find ourselves stuck between choices. The choices themselves manifest relative to the conditioning patterns that we're familiar with, which itself creates duality. Any kind of conditioning will always create duality and where we're unconscious will always create some kind of duality, which is born from what we are willing to see and what we're not willing to see. And so there's always a particular healing and learning in the square to the nodes that will open up that access and reveal an evolutionary possibility that will kind of get us moving forward in a new way. So Pluto square in the nodes can be a profoundly catalyzing and triggering and difficult time because it's highlighting the evolutionary journey of Pluto. Mm -hmm. This is happening at 29 degrees Capricorn. Pluto moves into Aquarius, goes retrograde back into Capricorn at 29, very end of this Capricorn journey, and it squares the nodal axis. This is like, it, it's like leaving Capricorn with a being. It's focusing us on all of this Capricorn work that we've been doing that I actually think has been, this really began with the Pluto-Saturn conjunction a few years back. 
That was sort of like our preparation for this time. In fact, now Saturn will be separating from Pluto 30 degrees during this time, which is a semi-sextile. So it's almost like from the conjunction, we have that first semi-sextile 30 degrees, which is like the, it's, it's, they've separated long enough for there to be a little more objective awareness of what's beginning to grow. At first it's like, oh man, this is a lot of new responsibility. This is heavy. It's a big adjustment. I don't know how to integrate within this Pluto-Saturn new phase. So what's happening during this nodal square is we're really looking at the agreements that we've made, the structural realities that we've created, the conditioning that we are so familiar with, um, how it manifests in the work that we do, our jobs, our relationships, and there's a great emphasis to move into Aquarius, to enter into a new phase. We have the nodal axis in Aries and Libra, squaring Pluto and Capricorn. This highlights what am I doing because I'm listening to my own soul authority and making my own choices versus what am I doing because I'm needing to or I'm expected to. These can be internalized judgments and expectations that aren't even being spoken outside of you. They're internalized. And we project on the people of our life um, these ideas of I need to be this for them. I'm so afraid of who I will be. And yet this can create such a repression of energy. Pluto itself is Kundalini energy. So the crisis, the crux between Pluto and the nodal axis can highlight the sense of I'm, I'm wanting to feel greater health and alignment, Capricorn agency and purpose in my life. And I'm entrapped and stuck by South Node Libra. All these expectations, agreements, and ways of being in relationship that I don't know how to get out of. So the Aries polarity is like, just do what you want to do. But that doesn't work, right? Because we are together. And if we separate ourselves, and we create some sort of belief of separation, we leave a lot of unresolved karma in the field. We're not actually embracing Aries. We're just sort of, pull, and that's what happens with the planet squaring the nodes. We'll polarize to the other extreme. We become hyper-focused on our own independence, but we're not really learning how to integrate and behold to ourselves while in relationship. And so the key really during this time is learning how to overcome any dynamics of compromise, people pleasing, and um, expectations that we're placing on ourselves, or if we happen to have more of an Aries ego structure in general, demands or expectations that we're demanding or placing upon other people to be what we need for them. This is how I need life to look. This is how I need you to look. This is how I need you to be. Or this is how I need to be, and I'm so afraid of change. We need to be willing to put our soul first, which interestingly enough, it often means letting go of what we're most attached to in order for what's meant to be to really blossom. When we create a life rooted in attachment, because we need it so badly, we're so afraid of, one of the core Pluto fears is fear of loss obsession with gaining and fear of losing. And when that is dominating our consciousness, we're going to hold on for dear life. <laughs> and we will resist change and it creates a lot of disease. Right. 
then there's something about really being willing to say, I got to put my soul first, no matter what that means, no matter what that looks like. And what's really magical is relationships can come forward in a way that are just profoundly healing and essential. And this is also going to be happening during, you know, the ruler of the South Node being Venus. We have a really powerful Venus and Leo retrograde cycle coming up later this year as well, coinciding with this Pluto square. So yeah. there's a really deep opportunity for evolutionary growth and yeah. It's like Venus and Pluto are creating a story with that one. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. It really is. It really There's is. Another yeah. cycle I really enjoyed participating in, in late 2019 was Venus and Pluto. I love watching their cycles come back together. How the stories mm -hmm. deepen. There's just something about those two dynamics together that just create like this really deep soul longing. Yes. So, I just, I'm, I'm a Pluto Venus person. You're a Pluto Mars person. I'm a Pluto Venus person. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Pluto, Pluto <laughs> Venus conjunction. Yeah. Whoa. Intense. I actually have um, Uranus square my nodes. So again, I, oh, feel, wow. like, okay. I feel like I'm, I'm just getting red to filth here. <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, I really want to do a, a, it's such an important topic. Mm -hmm. um, with such wisdom, like oh. really unpacking a nodal square in the chart. It's so rich. Um, I do have this desire to do a nodal square series. Now that I've given this intro class, I want to, I want to give a class on each planet, you know, what it really means to work with each planet square in the nodes. I feel like that would be a really rich, so stay tuned for that. Please. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, a, it's such an important evolutionary topic. It's like once I realized, you know, Uranus was square my nodes, I was like, oh, totally makes sense why I just get up and totally try to transform my life in one instant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, right. I have these moments where it's just like, it's like I'm being struck by lightning. I'm like, I got to turn this way. <laughs> and it it used to kill my parents when I was you know a little girl. Are you a Uranus Saturn person? Uh, no. Okay. Not close enough. Mm -mm. Okay. Um, I actually have Saturn in Pisces, so it's a little bit. Of oh, work. later on, yeah, okay. Um, but it's just it's just one of those things where once I realized, you know, I had Uranus square the nodes, I was like. That's part of my superpower, part of my evolutionary superpower. And so while it was really annoying to the people around me, I've, I've learned to have like these conversations with my partner and just be like, okay, sometimes I go left or <laughs> go right, I go left, I go right. And I, you know, have to learn how to, now that I have a family, right? I have to learn how to like have these conversations before mm -hmm. I make that decision. Because like while you were talking about, you know, letting the soul lead and just dropping the attachment to the things that I once desired or once we desired. I feel like having a child has really taught me that lesson of surrendering completely. Yeah. I just have all my ideas out the window at this point and just, you know, allow him to guide me. So um, I really look forward to this ingress, you know, to Aries, Libra. I think I think it'll teach us a lot about even being in community with each other and just how, you know, how we can. Oh, I loved how you said um, unresolved karma, right? Uh, it, it can really teach us just how to come into 
collaboration with each other and and have the feelings transformed within our relationships to each other. So thank you for that. It was really beautiful. Um, how can we work with you? Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your one year before we, uh, we finish this interview up? Oh, sure. <clears throat> well, you can learn more about this on my website. This training program, again, it's just a beautiful opportunity to study from the ground up. Um, you can do part one, which is really, there's no chart interpretive work in part one. It's just about learning the evolutionary meaning. 25 hours of video content, my students during the first year that I taught this transcribed the whole thing. So it's 400 plus pages of transcription. We have a workbook as well. Community forum, um, weekly meetings with several break weeks as well. And so you can just do that. Or you can do the self-study if you're not interested in the live course and you'll just get the content. Or you can enroll in the entire year program, which will include the chart interpretation course, which is taking all that we've learned, all of the ingredients and learning how to bake something meaningful, putting it all together, working a lot with the nodes um, aspects. We work with our own charts throughout this course, part two in particular, to apply the teachings in our own life. So it's a very rich, very hands-on experience. We also have alumni and students from the past that will be jumping in and holding additional practice classes as well. Um, that's, that's check it out. And you are going to be an affiliate. So if anyone who's listening to this wants to receive a discount, um, the affiliate code is IRIS, I-R-I-S. And I also do sessions. I do um, intuitive guidance sessions for individuals as well as couples. And you can learn all more about that on my website. Beautiful. And I will include your website in the show notes so that we have it there. Great. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today. It's such a pleasure to just sit in the throne of this evolutionary experience. My pleasure. Iris, it's a joy to talk to you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Oh.